Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I'm so excited to have our guest here today. It's Dr. Baker. So she is the host of the Go Friend Yourself podcast. I, I enjoy it. I listen to it. You know, when the episodes come out, it's got that notification. I love to go on there and listen to those myself. So, so honored to have her today. Now, let me read you this because I think this is important for all of us. But this is for informational purpose use only. This is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So want to make sure that you guys are just using this for entertainment. But Dr. Baker, I'm so glad to have you here today. Um, I, you know, I'm very privileged to have you on here, and I love your podcast. So, so glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so honored, Anthony. Thank you for having me. I love yours as well. So <laughs> I'm glad to talk with you. I can't wait to see where we go. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, I, you know, I really, you know, you started this podcast, you know, a couple months ago, right? Yeah, in August, the beginning of August. Beginning of August. So uh, I love it. Your episode, what, 13 in? Yes, lucky awesome. 13. We made it. I know 12's the average. So it's like, I'm going to go past 12. I promise myself at least past 12. At least past 12. Why? Well, I didn't mm-hmm. even know that was the average. <laughs> yeah. Well, you definitely broke that. You're over 100. So my hat's off to you. That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, so thank you so much. And you're welcome. Wow, 12. I didn't know that. That's, that's good stuff to know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's so awesome. So you know, I was excited to, you know, I've seen your website um, and, you know, maybe you can maybe kind of go into the description um, and like why you named um, your podcast the way you did, you know, the go friend yourself and kind of maybe explain how you've worded it. Cause I think that's an important piece for people to understand. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to actually, thank you for giving me the chance to, because I think there is um, a lot of people uh, do assume and I, I don't blame them. It's how it's out there. It's go friend yourself with one word, but I did think about this for a while and I'm hoping I can still get the message across with go friend yourself as two words to really reflect how important it is that we are hopefully taking care of ourselves and working towards supporting ourselves like we would a really good friend, someone we love and care about. And so I wanted the emphasis on befriending the self that is you, that is unique, that deserves attention. I think sometimes there's you know, a huge tendency to say, I'm so busy, I'm so stressed, you know, who's the most tired and overworked. And we're sometimes, you know, really praised for putting ourselves on the back burner. And I think there's even a stigma attached to really focusing on you versus taking care of others and self-care and getting to know ourselves in our own relationship like we would with the best friend is really important. So that's part of the reason I separated out your and self um, in the title. That's awesome. And I, I think that's, you know, kind of why I gravitated to um, your podcast, because, you know, like, you know, I'm sure like many people and, you know, I know some of my audience, you know, we all tend to be, you know, really focused on helping other people. And, you know, you, we do ignore ourselves. And um, mm-hmm. I, I know that can lead to a lot of different things in, in our backgrounds. And um, I know for me, specifically, that kind of led to, you know, high levels of stress and, you know, even going through, you know, bouts of anxiety and panic attacks and um, all of that. So I know that can definitely be um, troublesome. So I, I really appreciate the message that you have, because that was something that I really personally dealt with myself. Well, as I say in my episodes, I'm I'm right there with you, Anthony, and I am grateful that you're open and honest about this. I think there is, you know, still a lot of awareness about how much people struggle with anxiety, depression, being hard on themselves, being self-critical, but yet we don't often 
see people stand up as much and say, yes, I'm one of them. And so I think the more we can do that, the more we can see we're connected. And I feel really lucky and unexpected thing that uh, happened when I have my private practice is I really got to see how much everyone, you know, is so connected. We all have something, we all have strengths. We all have something that we struggle with. And that's just part of being human. There's no shame in that. And it's, it's even really helped me grow and reflect and, my clients constantly inspire me because they're coming and doing such tough work every week. You know, I specialize in things like anxiety and relationship issues and trauma. And, you know, that's no easy task to work on those issues and face them. So, um, it's like when I walk out in the world, I feel like I have a bit of a different perception, just kind of like, I know how we can all wear that mask in public and smile and talk about things that we know are easy to talk about, but, underneath it all, I know we all carry something that we struggle with. And so it's like you kind of peek behind the curtain and see the reality of humanity. But that's helped me feel way more, um, you know, inspired and humbled, but also, you know, connected to people. That's that's so cool. Because I, I think, you know, with the, you know, like you said, there's kind of a stigma of, you know, maybe reaching out for help. And, you know, a lot of people kind of have issues with that. And I think, you know, um, especially for when, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I, you know, I've seen, you know, some family members and counseling and all of that. So maybe I had an example of that. So, you um, know, it's kind of, you know, for me, it was very helpful. And I think, you know, reaching out for any kind of help, you know, I think a lot of people look at as a weakness, but, um, you know, I think it takes a lot for us to really, you know, look within ourselves and have that answer and say, Hey, you know, I do need help. And, um, mm-hmm. for you to be able to get into that, uh, you know, this kind of path for yourself, I, I think it's amazing. So, uh, definitely kudos to you. And I, I really <laughs> appreciate people like you because, you know, you've helped me and, uh, and I'm sure you've helped tons of people and I'm sure, you know, people are so grateful for you. So it's amazing. Wow, thank you. I'm honored. Yeah. We're, I'm right there. We're in the anxiety club. I, <laughs> I got, I've got generalized anxiety and like I've shared in my episodes, I wasn't diagnosed until I was in graduate school doing grief work. And I, my, my psychologist was like, you know, I don't think you're just a worry wart as you, as many of us refer to ourselves as it's like, you know, this is something kind of pervasive in different areas of your life, but luckily there's really great treatment out there. So, you know, I think the more that we can, uh, part of my title is, you know, to, provide inspiration and information to help people accept themselves and own who they are, not just say parts of me are good for the public and the rest of me I have to hide. But again, no judgment or shame because so many of us have done this out of a survival skill. I I don't think we do anything, um, you know, just out of the blue. We've, We've learned how to cope and survive in a lot of different ways. So I always have a great respect for whatever people do to cope, even if sometimes that means at first not totally accepting themselves because that might be painful or scary or difficult. So I know that that's, you know, that's a process, that's a journey. So, um, and you were talking about kind of putting yourself out there and being brave. So I just have to quickly plug one of my favorite, um, quotes from, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown and I love how she talks about being authentic and vulnerable and courageous. She's got really great Ted talks on vulnerability and, um, she talks about the man in the arena and that's a Teddy Roosevelt speech. So if any of your listeners have not read, that little, um, you know, blurb from the speech of the man in the arena, he did at the Sorbonne, um, in Paris. And it's so inspiring because he's, you know, I don't remember it exactly, but it's something like, you know, better to be the man in the arena, you know, marred with, 
with sweat and tears and blood rather than the critic up in the stands, you know, unscathed. And, and we want to see a person who's really being themselves, not covered in armor and, you know, impenetrable on many levels, but somebody who is willing to put themselves out there, even if they might struggle or, you know, it's not so pretty, right. But just to be that brave person, even if the eyes are all on you willing to put yourself out there. And so I thought that was such neat metaphors and ways that he spoke about that. So anyway, if they haven't listened or seen that one, that's you know, a great you're quote. so, you know, great about the explanations behind everything and um you know even throwing out quotes and you know i'm a big quote fan i do one at the end of every episode so i definitely enjoyed that and um, the educational piece behind it and you showing uh, you know giving people information on how to you know accomplish um their their goals is awesome as well so one of the things you know that i i saw that um you know on your website was that you had moved over 20 times before the age of 13 did that really kind of influence you um in the direction you went with psychology and or how did you really get into the field of psychology so i moved a lot of different places and um i'd be in the countryside in england i'd be back in more kind of like city life in southern california and um you know, my, my dad was an army brat. I'm not an army brat. And so he got used to that lifestyle and I noticed that he loved it. And so my family would kind of set up shop in different places. We'd move around a ton. And I remember when I was little, I had an English accent after living in England for, you know, a bit over a year. And I came back and my friends were like, why are you talking like that? And it was not like every word, but you can just kind of tell. And then it went away after a while. And then I moved back to England and I had the American, you know, accent and they're like, where are you from? So it kind of feeling like, where do I fit in here? And so, um, it was, you know, interesting experiences, but I think I learned quickly, you know, as I've shared kind of how to be a chameleon and, um, I got good at reading people and seeing what they would like to see from me, how I can best fit in what people are doing and wearing. And, you know, it made it, it helped me survive, but it made it really difficult to, um, to feel like, Oh, I can just show up and be me and they're going to just really like who I am. So it was something that gave me that strong message to cope and survive moving so much of how to adapt and put my best face forward or wear that kind of mask to be accepted. And yeah, that was tough because it wasn't until I was, you know, um, older and kind of in my career and seeing how I can, you mentioned how, you know, you laugh at your own jokes. And I love that because I'm, I'm probably the one who thinks I'm the funniest. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I've always tried to tell like dad jokes or puns and, you know, my friends joke that, you know, I'll listen to everything from like Radiohead to hip hop to smooth jazz sometimes. And, wow. and like, they're like, that's such a, that's such a you thing. I'm like, Oh, I have a me like I, you know, you kind of start to see you're not just trying to emulate other people around you. And as you get older, you start to see through other people's eyes, these reflections of who you are. And then, of course, through experience, they're like, hey, we like you. It's like, huh, you know, I can be myself and be liked, even though I'm, you know, think of myself as kind of this silly fraggle who loves the 80s. And <laughs> I don't know if stuck there. Don't get me going on Alf. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was quite an experience for me. So I'm still learning that I'm still learning too show up in my career and, you know, putting myself out there on the podcast has been another way that I'm kind of stretching myself with my confidence. And yeah, that's been quite a journey. So there's a lot of areas where the move started it and then life just kind of perpetuated it. Wow. Uh, that's interesting. You know, and it's so, um, 
so different in how each person kind of arrives to where they've they've been in life and you know to see that you've gone through that yourself and um you know what really touches me is that you know kind of that chameleon i'm having to be a chameleon and i think most people try to adapt to other people instead of you know obviously being yourself and that's exactly probably where you got the title right (laughs) absolutely and i remember thinking you know just kind of i don't know i'm curious if you've ever felt like this like when you were younger and you were in school and you're trying to fit in. Did you ever feel like, you know, almost like you have to be like a certain group? I mean, I'm not going to like totally categorize like, <laughs> you know, the athletes or this or that, but just like to, to find your niche and kind of get along with people that you have to emulate everything that they do or many of those things. And even though I feel like an individual, I still felt like I had to kind of project those parts. And it, it really blew my mind when I was older. Maybe it took me longer after moving so much and putting on so many masks, but it did kind of blow my mind. Like, yeah, I really am my own me. And there's, there's just one me. And I already have a personality. I already have, I don't have to wear a mask. Like there's someone here already. And so yeah, it was quite a journey after trying to fit in and move, move around so many places. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think that's something that, you know, I, I personally dealt with, too, was just trying to figure out where I fit in. And, you know, each, you know, in high school, there's definitely each, you know, different crowd that sits in, you know, different parts of the the cafeteria. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I had the same thing. And, you know, for me, you know, I played football, but I wasn't necessarily, you know, popular guy but I got along with everybody but you know I I felt like I kind of got along with everybody because I was able to take little bits and pieces from everybody just to kind of fit in and um, Mm -hmm. you know looking at it now you know I'm I'm biracial so I'm you know half black and half white and I think that kind of I, I kind of felt lost at one point because, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, well, where exactly do I fit into the, this mm-hmm. realm? And, um, you know, I, I don't think I discovered that until later um, that that was kind of something that I, I had dealt with or, you know, that I had thought that, you know, I had to be a certain way because because I was biracial or because of, you know, the the circumstances. So as far as the uh, psychology, so you've gone through these things as well. And I think sometimes, you know, as as a psychologist or, you know, people from the outside, you know, it's almost like we see, you know, almost, I I guess we kind of look at people in certain instances and we see, you know, them in a certain light, like we, everything's perfect and things like that. But you have struggled with those same things that maybe your clients have. Do you think that that's helped you relate more and be able to be a more effective, uh, you know, psychologist for them and help them through that process? I sure hope so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I remember, um, you know, during my training, we would talk about self-disclosure and, you know, they would tell you, even if you're wearing a ring that discloses you're taken or, you know, if you have pictures up that, you know, tells them something. And, and so they're saying, be very cautious. And I, I understand there's a really important thing there. You want to watch for boundaries. You're there for your clients. They're not there for you. But I think it's, you know, kind of going back to me sharing about like my dad jokes and love of puns and silliness. And I use a lot of metaphors like, you know, the Tasmanian devil when we're trying to just go, go, go and we're afraid of slowing down. Or I reference Ghostbusters a lot, like trying to clear your mind (laughs) of thoughts. And so (laughs) I'd feel like, oh, my gosh, oops, I just kind of let myself out there when I was talking to that client. uh Oh, but, you know, as they kind of taught me in grad school as well, which was really helpful is kind of the proof is in the pudding. So instead of just going in with my preconceptions and my fears of how I had to be a psychologist when I started and hello, I'm, you know, it, oh, gosh, I can't even imagine I, my poor <laughs> first like few years I was training those clients because 
I really felt like, uh, you know, when you're trying to be someone, I definitely had that imposter syndrome of like, no way, I can't believe it. No way. This was my dream for like 11 years. And there's no way I'm really making this. It's just me. I just like got through the program and, you know, but I get feedback. The clients would laugh or be like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. Or wow, I love it. I, I just want to share. I feel like connected with you in this moment more than I have, you know, in the last like six months. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I can just be me and show up as with my degree, but bring all of me, including, you know, what makes me me, even though sometimes it's kind of silly or funny or whatever, I'm hoping, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and that's actually led to you know, better connections. Cause I always share with my clients, please give me feedback and tell me what's working. What's not. I look at us as partners and, you know, I'll bring what I know about mental health and you bring your expertise on you and what you want to work on, how you got here. And a lot of times they would share that feedback that those were some of, you know, the more helpful moments. So, um, just kind of trying to stay open myself and aware and grow as a psychologist, but it feels much better knowing I don't have to be this imposter now who's wearing this title. I can just be myself with my background and bring that experience, but show up as me. And I think that does help with connections. Cause I mean, you really have to have a great connection when you're doing this kind of tough work. It's really important. Absolutely. And I, I love that, that you, you know, you look at it as a partnership versus just you and the client, you know, so, um, you know, I think from my experience with, you know, um, I've, I've gone to, you know, counseling or, you know, therapy as well. And, you know, there's just some times where you just maybe don't click with somebody. So you have to go, you know, through that process and find somebody else as well. So I, I love the idea that you look at it as a partnership and, you know, you've got your knowledge and you, you know, we're going to figure out the knowledge and you bring the knowledge of you. And I, I you know, I, I don't think I've ever heard it um, really kind of explained like that. So I, I think that's a, a great thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, out of insecurity or ego, it's easy to kind of go into that place like, oh, I'm the expert and life quickly teaches you. We know certain things, but if you're working with another human, you really got to be partners with whatever you're working on. And so to kind of know, I mean, it's so important to have that good connection and be on that equal playing field so that there's mutual respect and trust. Um, it's been, I think one of the most important lessons for me as I've become a psychologist and, you know, just keep trying to work on my confidence in myself and figuring out the way that I will be a psychologist, not just being a psychologist, but, but how, what does that feel like? And yeah, that was something helpful and important for me. Wow. Wow. It's, it's amazing. And, and just, you know, just the thought process behind it. So now people, you know, I think a lot of people struggle, you know, what would you say is like the first step to really understanding, you know, or, or maybe even just helping, you know, take that mask off. If people feel like they've had these masks on for so long, you know, what would you say is maybe the first step that, that somebody could take? Well, depending on how comfortable or uncomfortable they are, I think a safe step when we're trying anything new is observation of others. So, you know, if you feel nervous to put yourself out there in this way, as you know, I do a lot of mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy, but with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, we do a lot of exposure um, and experiments. And so one thing is if someone's really uncomfortable, they can watch someone or observe someone else who they think is authentic, for example, might be good. Um, and then notice what happens. Do people reject them? You know, what are your fears? So making that prediction, oh, people will reject me. If I'm my real self, they will ridicule me. I'll be open to criticism. I'll be 
vulnerable, whatever the fears are. And, you know, if you go out there and really watch how people treat somebody who they think is being authentic, is that true? Do those predictions come true? But, you know, kind of being a, a curious scientist um, and, and being open to collecting that information because, you know, we can have confirmation bias, which is really interesting, which is, you know, we kind of unconsciously choose to see things in a way that confirms our belief. So if our belief is, I am not good enough and I, I must be, you know, masturbating. I must be, or I should be shooting on ourselves this way. And if I'm this way, then I'm acceptable. You know, we might miss when a person waves at us or smiles or kind of laughs with us because we're unconsciously looking for evidence that we aren't very lovable. We aren't liked, but that's not for fun. Again, that usually comes from somewhere. And so a lot of us can have difficult, challenging, or if not, you know, downright painful experiences that can, you know, start to shape our worldview in that way. So I think being really gentle and respectful that that's, that's kind of a very scary, that's a very scary thing for many people to think of just showing up without the mask and being vulnerable and authentic. It's a process. So if you're missing that compassion and curiosity, that change, I don't think will last because you're being hard on yourself potentially. And who wants to go to someone who's, you know, hard or cold or not very understanding for help, we wouldn't go up to another person outside of ourselves for help like that. So why would we go to ourself if we're hard on ourselves that way or kind of cruel with our, our perception or how we talk to and treat ourselves? Wow. Yeah. It's, that's, it's so amazing to think that the process in, in ourselves and, you know, being so hard on ourselves, I know, I know one thing that I, personally dealt with and I think uh, you know maybe some other people deal with is you know kind of the idea of being perfect um, I, I kind of <laughs> covered that on one of my episodes um, a, a couple episodes back but um, I was so in the need of being perfect and uh, you know I, I feel like I discovered a couple years ago that you know nobody can be perfect and we all have flaws um, and we all, you know, need, you know, maybe just embrace those, not necessarily need to embrace the, the flaws, but, um, but I think, you know, getting comfortable with those, um, what would you say is, you know, the best way to kind of, or, or perfectionism, what is your thought on, on perfectionism? Well, as I don't know if you've heard me, but I've referred to myself as a recovering perfectionist because that's definitely how I went about trying to feel like I could get through grad school. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think, yeah, absolutely. It's first, first for any kind of change is that awareness of how we are acting or being and, you know, how we're treating ourselves, how we view ourselves. And then I think the second step is instead of going right to, you know, I talked about my blog posts, like, uh, something like more Sherlock and less judge Judy, right? If we can go instead of like gavel over our head, judging ourselves like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm this hard and this perfectionistic. And now that I'm aware of it, I can't believe I'm still doing it. And I didn't just stop and change already. It's like, no, that doesn't, that's not how it happens. So, you know, to notice it is one thing, but then also to invite some curiosity, like, hmm, I wonder what perfectionism does for me. Because I always tell clients, you know, this is something that's coming up over and over. And if it's happening over and over, there must be a reason, a good reason, because if it's hard for you, if it makes you stressed or suffer, but you keep doing it, there's got to be a really good reason. So whatever that reason is, trumps, you know, the thing that happens that's hard to deal with, like the stress and anxiety from telling ourselves we have to be perfection. I'm sorry, perfectionist. See, look, I just, I didn't say a word perfectly. Um, <laughs> 
you know, and I think that right there, finding out for you, I think for many of us, it can be avoidance of feeling like we're vulnerable or criticized or maybe conflict. Um, but finding out for you, what is that thing that perfectionism does? It's funny. I'm actually recording an, an episode about that right now. And it really can be armor. You know, it's like, um, if you can do everything 110% or 150%, it's like that gap between the hundred percent. That's great. And that extra 10 or 50%, it's almost like a magician doing, you know, um, redirection, like look over here. Don't look at me. Look how amazing I'm. And look at how much extra I'm doing. Look at that extra 10 to 50%. And I think we can start to feel safe with layering on how much we think we do things, you know, to an incredibly perfectionistic extent that causes so much stress though. Um, so one thing that I, I found it interesting and, you know, you say this in your podcast and I really enjoy it is the, you know, the masturbating and shooting on yourself. Could you, <laughs> you know, kind of explain that to, to my audience that, you know, maybe hasn't listened to your podcast? Sure. Absolutely. So yes. And that is shooting S H O U L D I N G and masturbating. It's, you know, the kind of humor we use in CBT therapy to help people slow down and start to recognize how they're talking to themselves because it has you know, think about it. When you walk away from an interaction with somebody, we can really feel, you know, lifted up or maybe feel down and we're in our own head. So we hear, or sometimes we don't even notice many times we don't notice, but we hear so many of our own thoughts and they're usually about ourselves. So as I've mentioned, you know, before in, in my episodes, we have, they think up to 70,000 thoughts a day. Wow. And yeah, many are on repeat, like a broken record or what I call the hamster wheel of hell in our head sometimes. <laughs> and uh, they can be really negative. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'll sit there with clients and just repeat when they say something uh, that's really, you know, hard on themselves and they don't realize it. And sometimes they're really shocked. I've had clients just get quiet and start to cry. And they say, I said that about myself. Um, and so it's interesting. I, you know, sometimes I'll say, can we just today, if you say should, can I just reflect it? And you know, it, it's interesting to see how much we say that I'll say, Oh, you should do this. You should do that. You should have done that. You shouldn't do this. There's a lot. And it's, it's like, what, what would it be like to say, I want to, I'm working on this. You know, there's so much pressure and then sometimes self-judgment or shame if we're not doing all these things we think we should do. And so it can be a really interesting thing just to notice for a day or even an hour how often we should on ourselves, how often we, what we call masturbate, I must do this, I must do that. And then also to understand the pressure behind it. Like, where is this coming from? What are you afraid will happen if you don't do these things? Because often when we are shooting on ourselves, we are trying to avoid something. And it's not just this want that we own. I think should connect sometimes to more pressure or even in some cases fear. Like, well, if I don't do this, then, you know, I really should otherwise. And so we can really start to create a lot of pressure in our own head. We're not even aware of it sometimes. Yeah, it's funny. I, I also, you know, I catch myself saying those same things. So since I've started listening to your podcast, I, I catch myself saying those <laughs> same things. And I, I know growing up, that was, you know, kind of language that was kind of buried into me from, you know, my, my mom and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, maybe my, my grandparents and that kind of came from them. Like you always had to live by these certain expectations. And, um, you know, I think that was something that, you know, I caught myself doing too, when I heard that on your, you know, your podcast, I was like, wow, I, I do say that a lot. And then, and it 
does take, you know, as I've started to really recognize it more, I, I feel that release of the pressure that I, I'm putting on myself. So I, I definitely would recommend that as an exercise if you guys are doing that to, you know, kind of, you know, catch yourself doing it and, you know, relieve that, you know, relieve that pressure. I think that's important. So thanks for that, that practice. I, it's helped me personally. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to practice what I preach as well with, you know, Oh, I'm doing it myself. And, and again, it doesn't mean that that reminds me of just the importance of balance because it's, you know, we can try and especially with anxiety, we might seek a lot of kind of black and white thinking it's this or it's that, and only this is good. And that is bad. And, you know, never should on yourself. And I think it's okay. It's just noticing if something is happening to an extreme, it doesn't mean we eliminate the word should forever, but if something's happening to an extreme where it's causing a lot of stress, just being able to notice that again with some curiosity, hopefully, and some compassion, and then kind of reel it in a bit and try on some new language because it really does impact how we feel about ourselves. Yeah, that's uh, it's such a great, great practice and, and understanding. And, um, you know, you talk about mindfulness and um, how that that kind of affects our life. And um, now one thing that I, I recognize, too, is that, you know, a lot of people kind of compare, you know, themselves or their lives to others. Um, I'm sure you probably see that um, maybe often, you know, so what would you, you know, maybe recommend for people that have that kind of pressure that they put on themselves? Yeah, it's actually, it's on my list of a podcast episode I want to do because I feel like it, it can be in, in two different main ways of, you know, I'm not as good as so-and-so, um, or I'm not, I don't have it as bad as so-and-so. So who am I to have compassion for myself or who am I to feel bad for myself? Um, and kind of back with the first one, I'm not as good as so-and-so. I think that can include even our past self or who we think we will be our future self. And I think it just takes away from our ability to be in the moment. And like you were talking about mindfulness to accept right now what's going on and who we are. And, you know, Kristen Neff's a great researcher on compassion. And she talks about that fear right in the beginning of her book. Um, you know, that fear that, oh, if I have compassion for myself, if I care about myself, if I focus on my struggles. That's going to take away from my ability to care for others or, yeah, that you don't have it as bad as other people. So who are you to do that? And she really shares that. It's kind of the exact opposite. The more we can connect with ourselves and understand how as humans we suffer and struggle with things, the more I believe it opens and grows our heart to recognize that in others. So we, I think, become more compassionate and more connected. But a lot of times that fear is there and it just blocks us. And sometimes, again, trying to understand where these things come from, if that effectively blocks us from our pain, Sometimes we say we don't deserve it, but it also can, can be from what I see that we feel nervous that we can't, or afraid even that we can't handle what feelings we might connect with if we actually allow ourselves to slow down and really feel what we're feeling. That's why I have this artwork in my office. It's a, um, see, I got excited. I just hit the microphone with my hand. Sorry. (laughs) Um, it's a, it's a bunny on, um, on a snail. And it's holding the reins. And it's like, I think this represents how I know I've felt before and how I know a lot of my friends and clients can feel like I just want to keep going and going and I do not want to slow down what will catch up with me and, um, you know, what's going to happen. So I just stay really busy. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, like I talked about in that human, human doing versus human being. I mean, we really can get sucked into that kind of way of life to cope. 
Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I, I think when I first started kind of discovering these same things that you've talked about, you know, the comparisons, you know, the kind of perfectionism and dealing with my anxiety and, um, you know, the panic attacks and all these kind of things that were going on, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't think that I really realized how much time or even gave myself enough time, you know, at the beginning stages of these things, you know, I think I wasn't very patient. So, you mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, can you kind of give us a maybe like a breakdown of, of that process and that, that the time? Because I, I think, you know, I'm not an expert on it. And I know that you probably, you know, obviously, you know, that kind of field. So what would you say about time and, you know, kind of the recovery process in this? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to talk about that because I, I do think it's helpful for people to really understand change absolutely takes time. And it's kind of, you know, it's not from point A to point B. And I always think of it as kind of like a cycle where, you know, you start at one point and you move forward and then you slip back and then you learn something from that, hopefully. And then you move forward again, trying to, you know, put that into practice and then you slip back. But people feel like, oh gosh, look, I'm back at square one. I wanted to make these changes. Now I'm aware of it but I failed to enact that in my life and keep this up. Well, if you really could fast forward time and look at it, I, it kind of looks like to me a spiral moving forward and you're not ever going back to square one. Every time I think we learn something and, and do move forward. So, so change can, you know, take time. And as we learn from it though, I think it's never going back to square one. We're always growing. And so I do think there's a tendency that sometimes we wake up and go, oh, wow, I really want to make this change in my life and think that that awareness in our mind translates to an emotional and behavioral change instantly mm -hmm. and or quickly at least. And again, that is where we end up being so hard on ourselves. Like, how am I aware of this thing I want to do differently and I'm still not doing it? Why am I not waking up earlier? Why am I not going to the gym, cutting back on drinking, whatever it is, you know, being kinder to myself, being kinder to others, uh, what, whatever you're working on, it's a really tough point. And I think that's where most of what I do in therapy is, is someone comes in and says, I want to change and here's where I want to be, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. And right now it's hard to be here with a state of awareness, but without the change in my life that I know I'm working toward. And that I think is truly where kind of go friend yourself came from, because it's not just about learning this and using CBT and mindfulness, those are important and incredible tools. But if you don't have this kind of mindset that you deserve the time you deserve, the care and attention for growth, then that change is really painful or impossible, I think, sometimes. I mean, we really got to be our own greatest source of support because we're the ones in our own skin making these changes. So without that, I don't know how far we can really get. For sure. And, I, you know, I think that's a big piece and, you know, the time. And I, I know for me, it you know, it took a little bit for me to, you know, kind of maybe just take the, the ego out of it and say that, hey, you know, it, it's okay that I've taken steps back and, you know, I'm going to continue on this journey and get better from here. So I, I definitely uh, can can attest to, you know, maybe just taking the, you know, myself out of it and saying, hey, I, I, I got this and, and having that confidence. Absolutely. And, you know, and I don't know if when you said taking steps back, if you meant like you felt like you're going backwards or taking steps back to observe, what did you mean by that? Um, I think maybe a combination of both. You know, I think sometimes, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was so hard on myself that, you know, I would mm -hmm. take steps back and, you know, I, 
you know, I think part of it, you know, a lot of what I had to do was reflect on previous behaviors or previous thoughts and, um, you know, kind of getting past that. But if I, you know, sometimes I would, you know, take some steps back and I would, you know, start being so hard on myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to, you know, I guess reflect back and say, Hey, you know, it's okay. You know, it didn't take you, you know, 30 minutes to get like this. It, you know, this was, you know, a thing of, you know, almost 20 something years that this, these habits and these behaviors form. So, you know, to kind of stop being so hard on myself. Yeah. I mean, think about what you'd say to a best friend or, you know, any loved one in your life, especially like if people have kids, they can think about, cause usually we're so, you know, compassionate with kids. Right. And mm-hmm. if you think, would you say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You tried to make this huge change in your life and you went back to your old ways or it's taking you a while. Like we usually don't talk to people like that, but yet right. we absolutely talk to ourselves like that. And and so the way we perceive it, the way we talk to ourselves is important and the way we perceive things is so important because what would it be like if every time, you know, you worked on a change, you saw it not as taking steps backward, but getting one step closer to what will work for you since that didn't, you've just eliminated something else. You know, it's like Thomas Edison working with light bulbs. And, you know, I think that finding that way to kind of know it's all growth. It doesn't mean that we fail if we don't go straight from A to B or if it takes time or we have to kind of get messy with it or creative. It's all part of discovering. It's it's kind of like, again, that black and white thinking like, well, this wasn't it. This change didn't work. So I failed. It's like, I don't think you failed at all. You just eliminated one thing that is absolutely going to get you closer to finding out that one thing that will work for you. Yeah. And I think that that breakthrough that it's, it's rewarding. And I think sometimes, you know, we're so quick to rush for that reward um, that we do miss some steps, but just know that we can make it through it. And I, I think that, you know, by, you know, you sharing this experience and I'm explaining this to people. I think that can really help um, a lot of people. And I think with the, the podcast and what you're doing has been really amazing. And like I said, there's a lot of things that I, I gain from it as well. So I, I definitely appreciate everything that you're doing and, you know, keep up the amazing work. And I know my audience, you know, would love this. So if you haven't oh, checked you out Dr. Baker's go friend yourself, you've got to. Thank you. Thank you. And if I can just quickly just say, truly, I love your podcast as well. And, you know, my hat is off to you and I'm grateful that you're so honest. It sounds like you're a great friend to yourself and you're really someone who's owned who you are so that you can, you know, truly show up and share. Here's, here's the reality of things and here's where I struggle and here's how I've gone to therapy and here's my anxiety. I mean, I think I, I love that. That's so wonderful because then people know they're not alone and, and we aren't, everyone struggles with something. And so now your, your struggles can inspire someone. I think everyone listening, if they have a struggle that can inspire someone as well. So thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be on your show. I love your podcast. So I'm so excited to be a guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I, you know, thank you so much for the kind words and, um, you know, can I, I, I enjoy uh, that people can outreach and you're, you're touching people's lives. And, you know, I think that was a big thing for me to start my podcast was to, you know, use my experiences that I've gone through and, you know, kind of, you know, be vulnerable because that was something I've always struggled with myself and, you know, let people know the experiences so that maybe we can make some difference in the world. And um, I, I appreciate you going out there and doing that for people. So, same to you. Thank you. Thanks. So how can people find you or, you know, like I know you have a website, so where can people mm-hmm. f- uh, find you and your podcast? 
Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm on uh, Twitter as Dr. Baker PhD. It's DR without a period Baker PhD. And then uh, my podcast, I'm on, you know, a lot of the the podcast players. You can search Dr. Baker. That's probably the easiest way. Or you can search Go Friend Yourself. And remember, yourself is two words. Or you can also just visit my website and everything's on there. It's gofriendyourselfdoc.com. And doc is D-O-C. So hopefully, yeah, I'd love to, I would love to get to know your listeners too and invite them over to come listen and to connect with them as well on social media. Absolutely. I, I love what you do. And I, I know that, you know, if you're a fan of this podcast, you'll definitely be a fan of Go Friend Yourself. And uh, I would strongly recommend it. And um, I, I thank you so much for being a guest. And I appreciate you taking the time for being on here. And, you know, I, I know my audience is really going to enjoy this information. So let me leave you with this one more time. So this is for informational purpose use only. And this is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. But Dr. Baker, thank you so much. And I really oh. appreciate you. Oh, thanks, Anthony. It was a blast. Awesome. So Breathe Motivation, I'm so glad that you guys could join us. I really appreciate your you know, your time. I know these episodes run a little bit longer than the daily, but I know from the feedback I've gotten, you guys really enjoy getting the value from our guests. So I definitely appreciate that. And I will see you guys tomorrow for our regular daily show on Thursday. So you guys have a great rest of your day and go check out Dr. Baker's Go Friend Yourself. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.